Hey guys, welcome to Biomass episode 64, I think we're on, right, Zell? I'm eating. You're eating, okay. Well, I think we're on 63, 64. though. I okay, think we're well. on 63. We'll, we'll pull a J and say it's 60-something. Um, it's, it's but yeah, it's kind of a packed crowd tonight. Uh, Jay is obviously... Okay, episode 63. Uh, Pack crowd here today where Jay's obviously not here. He's still in the process of moving and he will be for a couple of weeks. So we will attempt to drive this train without derailing completely, but will most likely fail. Um, but yeah, so basically uh, we're going to have a pretty, pretty long show probably. We'll try to get to these interviews pretty quickly, but we'll apply start actions, um, go into a CPM update. Uh, if there is anything, we've got uh, SMB and, and Zell here. They can talk about that. Um probably talk about the election dates that have been announced, the official election dates and when that's going to all happen. Uh, probably a brief overview of the STV uh, voting system, which is what we use for the CPM update. Uh, then we'll probably roll into CP2 interviews. Um, we have Zell who will be leading that and Bate might be joining us. He's kind of in traffic right now. So if he hops in later, we'll, uh, we'll bring him in. And I think we've got four people that are going to be interviewed today. So we'll probably have to kind of make it a, a quicker version than what we're used to. And then we'll probably roll into some PC overview. I know that PC 2.0 has been rolled out. We've got a couple of people here that want to talk about that. I, I personally have not had a chance to do any of the new PC 2.0 stuff. So I'm kind of interested in seeing how things are going and, and if things are performing as uh, they were intended. So uh, that'll probably take up the rest of the show because it's kind of a big topic. So uh, without further ado, we'll get started with some shout outs. We'll go from the top of the list with Delt. It's not shout outs. It's introduction shout outs introduction yes yes this is why we need we need jay because i'm terrible at this all right hey i'm I'll would you like help. me to do it God not damn. really go ahead I Delt. Stop. <laughs> i'm Marcelli adult uh i'm a member of knows nothing i am the hugest scrub in the corp and uh i'm running for cpm too cool cool eric please hey what's up everybody this is eric please porsche i'm a youtubeaholic Altaholic and relatively new member of Random Guns. And uh, apologies, I sound a bit distant today. I'm using an emergency mic, but uh, thanks for having me on the show. Awesome, man. Good to have you. Uh, Lether? Hey, guys. I'm Lether. Uh, I've been around a couple times. CPM2 candidate. Hope we have a good show today. Awesome. Uh, middle of the list, Soraya Zell. I'm Sarai Zell, a member of CPM1, a co-host here on the show, and uh, an editor on our blog. Awesome. And I think he's new to the show, but we have MRBH1997. That is correct. MRBH1997 here, CEO and Alliance leader, two-plus year open beta vet, running for CPM2. What corporation Alliance are you from? I am from Knights of Vendor, and my Alliance is No Context. Awesome. All right, Ripley Riley. Hey, Guys, this is Ripley Riley, CEO of Incorruptibles, Shit Poster, and hopefully CPM2 candidate. Awesome. And Silver Strike? Silver Strike 44, uh, YouTuber and member of Random Guns. All right. And Sir Manboy? Sir Manboy, director of Momon Labe, member of CPM1, and um, running for CPM2. Hi. Awesome. And I'm Pokey Draven from OSG Plantry Operations. Uh, co-host here on Biomast. Uh, I also write and edit for the Biomast blog, and I am running for CPM2 because, like a bunch of the other people in here, I am a masochist. So, without further ado, let's go into our CPM1 update uh, with Sarizel and Sir Bam. What's going on, guys? Um, you know, it's it's been uh, pretty quiet. We, we've actually been talking with uh, CCP Lulu a bit because uh, uh, she's helping with the election process, of course. Um, Frame is in 
I think frames in Iceland. They were, they were uh, they're playing you know Cards Against Humanity or something on on Logi Burr's Twitter. Um, so it's it's been kind of quiet on our front. Um, as mentioned the previous week, we had our kind of wrap up meeting with uh, CCP Rotati. He still sends us cool things in the mail and stuff, and we send him back our comments. But uh, nothing extravagant. We're kind of winding down. Yeah, sounds like they're pretty busy over there. Lots of stuff going on, huh? There is. It's it's it's, it's quite busy. Um, yeah, I don't I don't even know what all is is going on because like I know I, and this just random news bite while I'm here. This has I have absolutely no information on this as a as a CPM. So this could be like a Shanghai thing, or it could be like an Iceland thing, or an Atlanta thing, or who knows. Is uh, I know there was like a, a new trademark filed for like Eve Gunjack, which kind of sounds like it could be like Project Nemesis as a final name, but I don't know. Like that would be my guess. That was the guess that I thought was probably the most spot on, but I don't actually know anything. So it, they're they're definitely up to stuff though. Yeah, I think I saw that as well. It was kind of interesting. I, the name I'm not sure if I'm a fan of, but it it is good I'm to not see a big things fan moving of the along. It, it feels a little. Uh, hokey, I guess is how I describe it. But, hokey, uh, I yeah. like that. I'm going with it. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's that, that's certainly something out there. You can probably look it up on the forum somewhere. I know that people have been kind of tossing that image around and, and whatnot. So uh, yeah, that that's interesting. Um, but yeah, did you have anything else from what you wanted to add for the CPM update? No, I think Zell pretty much covered it. All right, sounds good. All right, guys. So um, as you know, obviously we've been. Uh, doing a lot of interviews uh, at Biomass for the CPM2 candidates. And while the elections had been officially announced, we didn't actually have official dates yet. So um, those dates have since been uh, announced. Let me pull them up here so I have it exactly right. Okay. So basically, there's a two-week period for candidates to um, submit their application on the uh, Dust514 website. And that's anywhere between July 15th and July 29th. between uh, downtime, basically 12 GMT. Um, so you just go on the website. There's a form you fill out. Um, it's pretty, pretty simple. Um, though, to be fair, there is issues currently with the submission process. So if you are applying and you enter information, you hit submit, and it doesn't give you a confirmation screen, your application probably did not go through. So um, keep trying if it's not working. I think there's an email on the form somewhere. We'll have to get confirmation on that. But there's a, an email you can send your information to, just a backup to make sure you're actually, you know, get your your uh, name in the hat, so to speak. And then, you know, hopefully they can work out those issues with the uh, application form. So uh, once that's through, oh, also make sure that you send a copy of your passport in as well. You need to actually have a valid passport. Um, for uh, the CPM. That is a requirement, so you need to send that in. Uh, But yeah, and then so the candidate submission period ends on July 29th, and then on July 30th, the next day, um, voting opens for two, is it, yeah, two weeks, and it goes until August 13th, and that closes the downtime as well. Um, And so the voting will be uh, through the the Dust514 website. It's not through the client. You actually have to go online and vote there. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. So those are the official dates. It's going to be a pretty quick election cycle here. I mean, that's, that's we have two more episodes of this show before election opens up on the, the 15th, or on the 30th, sorry. And then we'll have two weeks of voting, and then that'll be it, and they'll announce it shortly after that, I think on the 17th, they said. So it's, it's a bit shorter than last year. <laughs> it wasn't a, a six-month process like we had before. So, uh, you know, personally, I'm, I'm pretty glad to see it a little uh, more expedited. So, anything else on that, Zell, before we move on? Not really. I mean, I'm a little, um, 
I kind of wish it was a little slower. The big thing for me is that it, some it's, people it's, don't it's feel quick. some people don't feel comfortable campaigning before they've submitted their candidacy or something like that. And there's literally going to be mm-hmm. 24 hours between the closure of candidacy, where we will officially know who is running and who is not, and voting opening. So there's not really a lot of time for some of the candidates who have, are, are the later people coming out and announcing to really get their word out. Like people like, you know, um, people who've been talking about their, their campaigning for like, you know, months already are, are fine, but it's, it's really tough for people who just announced to uh, make themselves known. Well, particularly if you're not um, in the the spotlight. I mean, if you're not like a well-known character or, or player, rather, it, it's going to be kind of hard to, to to push him up pretty quickly. Because I think last year yeah, we had, and, there was a grace period between candidacy and voting, right? Yeah, yeah, there was, and and there's not even like the candidate, the candidate, um, uh, the threat, the board for posting about your candidacy isn't even open right now, so. You know, it, and and voting starts in under you know in in like ten days. Yeah, I pinged frame up that I asked him. You know, are we going to have a similar structure to other forms that we had last year? He said yes, yeah, something similar. But I haven't really seen any movement on that. So that might be something worth trying to get some confirmation on to find out what the actual plan is. I, yeah, well, I I mean, as I said, I, I he's been you know I know he's he's kind of traveling and up and about, and, you know, trying to get as is you you got to bear in mind he's doing like you know last year there was there was. Well, more people doing managing community for dust. So, yeah, I don't mean to criticize him. I'm just saying that I, obviously things are pretty busy over there with things moving around, and I I kind of get the feeling that the election is kind of being pushed through quickly to get it done in you know in prep for for things to come. So, you know, I can kind of get the the rush, but yeah. we would be yeah, nice it, to kind of get some some confirmation on that. It does feel rushed. I mean, my other peeve, and I, I'll just I'll voice my peeve. Um, I I. I have not actually. Uh, I did not get to read the uh, the new white paper before it was posted publicly. Um, I will go ahead and say I requested specifically that ability um, when we first discussed it, and I was told that we would, and then we did not. So that just like you know, if there was something that had been thrown in there that that we didn't know about, we wouldn't. We just wouldn't have known. Um, so it, you know, it's. I feel like some of those steps and checks that, that I don't think. I don't think would be skipped for the CSM process. Um, ha- feel like they've been kind of rushed through for us. Well, particularly considering that you know one of the the jobs of the CPMs is effectively to to modify or write the white paper for the next term to come. It's a little strange that they would just so, kind of the white paper is, you on that. is written by CCP, and we 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 meet with CCP like we we had a meeting to discuss what changes should be made to it, and and I. I skimmed it and it looks very much like exactly what we talked about what I'd written um, I'd written a blog post about it it was one of my first posts on on the biomass blog um, and that's pretty much exactly what happened um, but it's one of those things where it's I, I feel that the, the council should get more more of a chance to review things than sometimes that it does yeah I, I, I mean obviously I'm not on CPM oh one, you but guys at least from you guys got the the chairman thing changed. Fuck off. Yeah, we did huh. get that changed. Um, that you was know, a poor it, decision, but okay. There's, there's, I, I, you know, to me, it's, it's not to say that there shouldn't be a chairman, or I think that that's a decision for the next council that I will not be on to make. Uh, and if, well, hopefully the next council won't be dysfunctional. Yeah, that'd be nice. 
I thought we were very functional, but it, you know, if if they if they feel that a chairman is warranted, then by all means, and and you should communicate to to your future representatives that they should have a chairman. Um, well, considering the number of candidates here, I was was kind of hopeful. But uh, yeah, you know, I I don't think it's given that the the CSM does not have to have one um, and has operated successfully without one. I I do believe our, our council reserves the, the the right to choose whether or not they have one, just as the CSM does. And some of those changes, you know, the other change was the age requirement is that I pushed for that large, you know, in part because I know there are some good candidates who do not meet that, you know, who did not meet that requirement um, as it was. But the other thing is that, uh, you know, this that was a change made on, on the EVE side. And there are CSM, CSM had made that change, and it was a perfectly reasonable change. And there was no reason that we should have a stricter requirement there. The age requirement good. a change on the uh, passports where you do need to require it, but you can't start if you are voted in until they receive it? Um, You, you need to have one, because it, I, I, I think to some degree it proves your identity and it proves your ability to travel. Like... As long, you know, if it's if it's going to be, um, you know, if it's if you got to go through a renewal process and it's going to be like an extra couple of weeks until it gets back, you're probably okay. But I would ask, you know, CCP Lilu about it. Um, there isn't necessarily mandatory travel for CPM at this point, um, but it may happen. There may be a reason to to have travel, and you should be able to. Um, and it's also pretty concrete identity because it's not, uh, you know, I mean they're they're in. The stuff's getting vetted in, in Iceland. It's not like your state driver's license means much to them. Well, not to mention a passport. It's just yeah, I'm typically just a good thing to have. I can't receive mine in time, then that would we've be been, an issue or not. We've been, we've been told that, uh, what was it that we've dredged up? Cross had a report on this. I think that they will allow you to to go ahead and submit without one but you need to have one before the elections have concluded so if you haven't started the process of getting uh, a passport here in the states by now you're kind of out of luck unless you have a lot more money than anybody running for cpm should um i mean the in the states you have like the super expedited i'm so rich i could just you yeah, know buy a passport buy thing but but for everyone else it's it's going to take too long. For everyone else, there's MasterCard. Yeah, I mean, so the other thing being that as many people have been finding out, we've been talking to most uh, most people, unless you happen to have copies of your birth certificate on hand, which you might or might not, if you have to order those from your state's Department of Vital Statistics, that takes time as well. So, it's seriously, it's just a good idea to have, like have. I've always I've had a passport. I had a whole passport that I I never went out of the country with. I just I had it for years. Um, and it was just a handy thing to have. Um, you get a new job, it's like either two forms of ID or your passport um, to prove, you know, that the passport is like an end-all proof of identity. Yeah, pretty much. No, it's, it's definitely a good thing to have, and I think that, you know, I'm not sure what situation where the passports are, but, you know, definitely get one, even if it does not come in time for, for this particular use. But it, it's a good thing to have, like Zell said. It pretty much is the... And they're good for that, 10 years. You're set. Yeah, unless you're a kid, but you wouldn't be running for this anyways then. Okay, well, that's that's pretty much wraps that up. Um, 
one thing I'd, I'd actually like to go over briefly, um, because it's it's not necessarily a common thing for a lot of people, particularly in North America, you don't see this thing very often, but the STV voting system, um, which stands for Single Transferable Vote, which is what they use for... Um, I know it's it's a little more prevalent in Europe, but they use it for basically uh, elections where you're electing multiple people to a series of positions um, in no particular order. But uh, you don't see that often in, in like U.S. politics because it's too winner takes all sort of thing. But basically, what SD is single transferable vote, and in in this case for CPM, there are obviously seven members on the council, and you don't have to vote for just one person. You can vote for seven people key is is that when you go to vote you need to vote for the seven people you want but you have to put them in the order um from you know first to seventh of who you want to make it in the most and basically how it works is it's the value calculated based on the number of people voting and based on the number of people running and there's a minimum threshold of how many votes a candidate needs in order to win so what happens is that basically once all the votes come in the system looks at everyone let's say um, we'll, we'll just use Zell as an example. Let's say Zell uh, needs 50 votes to, to, to win a seat in the candidacy. So basically it goes through and it goes, okay, how many people voted for Zell in their number one slot? And let's say he gets 20 people voted for him for number one slot. It goes, okay. Now it looks for how many people voted him for the number two slot. And it'll do this over and over again until eventually he has enough votes. And basically what this means is that if he ends up getting like 60 votes, but he only needs 50 the, the 10 remainder people will actually transfer to their number two in line. And that way um, you can't overvote somebody in. So basically just take a, a really strong look at the candidates you're looking at. There, there's some good videos we can actually get posted up on the blog, but I think uh, I think maybe it was Delta that showed it to me or Bay perhaps. But there's a good video that explains how S, uh, uh, STV yeah, works. But CPG Gray, he does a single transferable vote. Uh, mm-hmm. video on youtube for it uh the one thing you didn't explain properly was uh that when uh the lowest number of number one votes gets eliminated right off the bat each round goes through yeah that's right yeah there, there's some further details but yeah check out the videos they're, they're kind of interesting but basically i just want to remind people that when you do go to vote make sure you're filling out seven people the the voting system is not necessarily clear on the fact that you can vote for seven but you know, pay close attention and kind of make a list of the people you I, like and the order you like them, and make sure you're actually putting them in the proper order. I sometimes hesitate to recommend this, but um, I will actually say that that uh, last year Judge did make a very good visual video example of how STV works uh, with kind of a little example uh, example election with with uh, you know example votes, um, and that's somewhere down in his list, and I, I don't I don't care enough to go find it, but. Um, it was it was a decent example, um, but yeah, yeah, if you vote for one per if you vote for only one person, and that person's already locked in as having a seat, or isn't going to get or, or like you know is already eliminated, then your vote didn't count effectively. You want to vote for as many people as as you can vote for that you think are you know competent. Um, and and we'll get that video linked up in the uh, the election central section of the biomass.net uh, for or blogs. Just we'll have Zell put that in there so you can take a look at it. Um, I'm sure they'll explain it a lot better than I did. But yeah, I just wanted to remind people that you have more than you effectively have more than one vote. So make sure you for you know seven people or, or how many people you think are good for the job and not just one. Because I know that I think last year Judge had how many votes where it was just him. They voted for only him and nobody he, else. He had like oh, oh. more than a quota. 
Yeah, yeah, it was like three hundred or something that voted for for just him. Um, yeah, very. It was. Strange, it was but... kind of. Is it clear what happens to the quota when that when that goes down? I I didn't actually track it last year, but I mean it can continue eliminating. But isn't there like a a case there where if you don't mark flowdown votes, like if everybody didn't mark flowdown votes, what happens? If they only have like, if they don't have more than three quotas worth out of seven people, for instance, I don't know. Just kind of a aside, more yeah, academic I, than anything. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. It might modify the quota. I don't think that's typically an issue because I think they usually require you to actually fill out the entire ballot. Um, I know no, cost doesn't, but yeah, yeah. The no, neither CSM or CPM requires you submit all of them, but you should. And if you yeah. need any help filling out the bottom end of your ballot, I will ahead of time tell you that I am preparing my list of recommended candidates and why I think they should be elected. And I will present that list on the blog as an editorial of my own opinion um, and uh, recommend that you consider those candidates for slots if you if you have, you know, you're like, I don't know who else to put on there, that sort of thing. Yeah, and, and just to clarify, if you really want someone to win and you think they're a strong candidate, but can't necessarily... Don't make the assumption that, oh, I don't need to help them by putting them in my number one slot because everyone else will Seriously, do that. Put, the, it, it, put your yeah. best candidates at the top because as long as they get in, your vote... If, if they're locked in to get a seat, your vote will roll down to your next best choice. So there's definitely people who, you know, last year put... You know, said, well, I didn't want to put him in my top slot because... I, I thought he was just uh, he was just going to get it anyways. So um, don't do that. Put your yeah. best choice in the top slot. Make sure the people that you absolutely want to get in get in, and then everyone else will hopefully follow as well. Yeah, I mean, when you make your choice, assume that no one else is voting. Assume that you're you're the only one voting. Don't consider what everyone else is doing because take your your best pick and stick them in the top slot. Because there there were situations if you actually dig into. Um, the, the 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 results from last year where people would have probably won had they been higher up, but because they got so many like three or four slots, they basically got booted because they didn't have enough number one slots, and that that can happen. And so, you know, like I said, like Zell said, if you like somebody, stick them in number one. That's the one that's most likely to count. Everything else below that is increasingly less likely to actually count as a vote. So, we'll. Uh, but yeah, but like we'll we'll get that video up and it'll hopefully make sense to people. It's it's actually a really good video, the one that that uh, that we're going to link. So it's it's pretty good. Um, with that said, we should probably move into the interviews. We've got a bunch of people in here, um, and I believe we did, our new debate our, make it. Yeah, it he here. needs to intro himself, but okay, he, so, he's he's going to be right back though. He said so. Okay, I'm well, not sure if uh, he's back yet. Uh, yeah, well, well, we'll let him hop in um, when he's back, and we'll just have you start off. Um, obviously, I'm running, so I'm going to kind of hand the show over to Zell because I don't want to sound impartial here. So we're going to we're going to give the reins of the show over to Zell, because, and him because, and Vader are going to actually do the totally interviews. Totally, a, a blog run by you know where one of the people is a candidate is has any way of being uh, completely impartial? No, <laughs> we, 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 we we do, we do our, our best. best. We do I, our I've best. Been, you can um, ask Zell and Jay. I've been very, very uh, standoffish yeah, I, I to anything. Yeah, I had to, I had to like harass Pokey into making like banners for the blog for candidates because I'm like, okay, you're just gonna make one template for everyone, including yourself. It's perfectly <laughs> it's even. Pretty... There's no way to make this discriminatory. Just freaking do it. 
pretty much. But yeah, so we'll, we'll let Zell take the, uh, the reins from here um, and we'll get this yeah, soon. Well, I mean, okay, so um, we have uh, four candidates on who um, have not previously been interviewed by us. Since we don't have a lot of time left before the election, I want to try and get everyone in here. Um, I'm going to ask the first question on Bate's list, and then Bate will show up and intro himself. And he may actually intro himself before I finish monologuing myself and, and my crud. Um, so uh, what we're going to do, okay, he's here, so he's going to intro himself. But what we're going to do is we're going to ask a question, and then we're going to give each candidate a specific time to answer that question. And then if other people have comments after that, that that's okay. Um, but a lot of these probably aren't really relevant to other people's comments. Um, and so while each person is answering, uh, please give them the floor, do not interrupt, etc. Um, because it's going to be their time to shine, as special snowflakes that they are. Um, so, Bate? Hello, everybody. I'm Avobate, uh, director of the Demonic Cowboys and writer for the Biomass blog. And without further ado, uh, as Zell was saying, we do have four CPM candidates uh, in the room with us. And those are Delt. Uh, MRBH, Ripley, Riley, and uh, Lether. And so I'm going to start uh, with Delt, and so and then we'll pass it around. So the uh, the first question is, who are you, and what is your play style in the game? All right, great. I get to go first. Um, I'm Marcelia Delt. Uh, I was director of Military Sanjus for uh, quite a long time, two years and a bit. Uh, I had alts in Not Guilty and Pure Innocence when they were doing PC, and uh, my, currently in those as a My style is a master, or jack of all trades, I should say. Uh, yeah. Was he breaking Next up for anyone question. else? Yes, he was. Oh, yes. I, you may want to have him repeat that because I caught like half of it. No. <laughs> no. Dell. Cycle to someone else Hello? and give him time. Okay, then uh, Lether uh, will pass the. <laughs> oh, God. oh, God. That's not how that was supposed to go down. You asked for um, it, buddy! Well, hopefully my connection won't fritz. Um, I'm Lether, and uh, so I, I usually describe my game style based on uh, what I do in the game rather than, you know, a lot of people like to say logy or heavy or whatever. I've done all that. Um, I haven't picked up heavy since the beta, though. Um, I originally played Mag, which is how I got into Dust, and uh, I started Mag as regular player and eventually ended up as an organizer, um, and that's why I stuck with here on Dust, um, particularly with organizations that that take anybody who has a has a mic and uh, an arm to shoot people with and getting them into <laughs> getting them into competitive fights. Uh, those have been the, the types of organizations that I've. Uh, I've really liked to play with in my time here. Of course, I I've played a lot of ambush solo recently, so I, I do have a <laughs> interesting slice of experience. Been around since uh, closed beta, I guess, back in May 2012. Is that right, guys? Yeah, it is. Uh, so that's the story. Awesome. Uh, next, we'll pass to Mr. Did you say to Mr. Yes. All right. So I've in my game style or gameplay, I'd say would be that I've kind of been I've literally done every role in this game, kind of like Lethar. I came over from May, which is why I've loved this game because it gave me the whole feel and kind of idea of that whole game with the large multiplayer. You had the assets, you had all that kind of stuff. 
But I originally started out as just a uh, vehicle specialist, so I've done tanking since before when there was, you had the assault, not just the assault ADSs, you had lodgies, dropships, you had the lodgy labs, the scout labs. I've seen all of that, all the different modules. But now I've kind of just come to being a uh, all-role infantry for just the uh, Mimitar and Valente races. I've experimented with Amar and Mimitar as well, or I mean Amar and uh, Kaldari as well, though I haven't done all the roles for them, so... I've kind of been all over the place. CEO, directors. Awesome. Uh, Ripley, I guess that's I guess a for me. All right, we will pass to Ripley now. All right, so uh, as far as who I am and where I'm from, uh, I started playing Dust just a few days after um, the Uprising 1.0 launch date. Uh, I played Eve briefly, and I heard that it had some kind of first-person shooter bastard child. So I uh, downloaded the game. Um, pl started playing it, fell in love with it. Didn't come from Mag, although I hear it's amazing. I wish I could have. Um, as far as what I do in game, uh, I love to squad with people. Um, I love to get and be social and just generally make fun of this game in game and just mess it up, tear it up, do whatever I want. Although I prefer salt rolls if I can, because um, patience is not one of my virtues when I'm in a match would prefer to be up in your face and uh, getting myself killed repeatedly while you laugh at me. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much me. All right. Uh, second question is... Can we go, Can back, we go back, to back to me? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Delt. yes. Thank you. Go ahead. All right. I'm Moss Elliott Delt. Uh, I am a member of Knows Nothing. I was director for two and a half years of military sentences, and I had alts in Not Guilty and Pure Innocence which were PC rating corps way back when, during Kronos. Uh, my play style would be described as uh, jack-of-all-trades. I'm sort of good at the plasma cannon. All right, thank you. Um, so the second question is, uh, I'd like you to, uh, to tell us about yourself. Well, no, we just did that. <laughs> okay. Uh, why do you want to be a... Uh, a member of the uh, the CPM and Lether, we will start with you for that question. Sounds good. Um, I considered running last year and uh, was a bit busy last year. Didn't know I was uh, what my time would look like. Um, does change this year. I've had some time to look at it. Uh, Dust has changed a lot in the last year. Um, after after last the fan fest of uh, geez, the years ran together. Twenty fourteen, the bad one. Um, you know, things were kind of looking down. Um, it looked like we were maybe getting a kind of forced port, uh, that there wasn't going to be a lot of development done. That's all kind of turned around for Dust. Um, whether or not we're getting a port is an interesting question, but at the very least, long-term things are back on the table. And, and that's why I want to be a, a CPM member. That's what has always inspired me about Dust, that uh, it's a game where we can look at feeders as a community um, that that have to be implemented on a long-term time frame, and and we can discuss those and focus that discussion and actually start prioritizing that kind of thing. That that's what I want to do on the CPM. That's what I want to be um, if I get elected. Very nice, uh, Mr. Pass the question on to you, sir. Well, I also was one who thought of running for the uh, first turn of election, but I did not meet the age requirements at that time. Now I do, since they moved it to 18. Haha. -ha. But uh, I've always been one who's just kind of been, uh, though I am a support role in gaming, I've always been support in real life. I always want to be there to kind of help out whoever's around me. I've 
always been strong with my corporations community and now our alliances community. I'm always there helping newer old players learn new fits or learn the ways of the game, whatever. Giving out my ISK to those who need it for their uh, test fits or their uh, skill books if they're newer players or they're respecting or whatever. I've just kind of been there for everyone and I kind of always wanted to expand that with CPM and now that I actually have a chance to do so, I'm making a move on it. Sounds very charitable of you. Um, passing to Ripley now. Well, uh, I think Lether actually um, encapsulated something of what I was going to say, and that is it, it feels like Dust um, has the potential to have a future now. Um, with that being the case, you know, I want to be um, one of the voices that helps guide CCP with your input, and I feel like I can do that very well. I, I do not take myself seriously, but I take what I do very seriously. And um, if given the chance to be a CPM, I want to, uh, to really tell CCP what the community wants, what they desire, and how they feel about the different features and things that CCP wants to implement. And Delt. Uh, short answer, I'm a masochist. Uh, long answer, uh, well, I ran for CPM 1, and I'm running in for CPM2, of course, and uh, I have a strong desire for uh, civil service, not only in real life, but in the game. All right. Cool. Um, so, MR, I'm going to start with you this time. Uh, what are your strengths and, uh, and weaknesses? What do you bring to the table that could benefit the game during uh, your term uh, for CPM? Well, I'd definitely say my strengths would be my experience because I've been here since open beta. I've had two plus years in my corp and the last couple months of my my alliance with management. So I've kind of been around everywhere. I've played all the roles. I know the main, the game mechanics quite well. So that would help me kind of help the met, the uh, community get their ideas towards CCP and maybe help them word them better so that it looks beneficial or whatnot. I'm also always making myself available to not only my corporation, but my alliance members or other people, they need to talk to me. I mean, I got my email, my Skype, I got our corp website. I've always made, I've always tried to make myself there and available. And I always check all those daily and hourly, some of them even. So I'm not hard to reach. I'd say for my weaknesses though, is that I guess I am going into college now yeah, here shortly. So that could affect my uh, time to be available. All right, uh, Ripley. As far as strengths are concerned, um, probably my number one is going to be uh, I'm approachable. I really enjoy interfacing with the community, getting in squads, doing whatever they want to do, and uh, interacting in faction warfare and pubs or what have you. Um, I'm in project management, so I understand things like timelining, uh, creating goals, setting expectations for the, the community and CCP. As far as weaknesses are concerned, um, the, I do have a couple blind spots in my knowledge of the game. Uh, one of them is actually shrinking a little bit, and that's PC. I'm learning more about it, especially with this PC revamp. Shout out to Jadik and his uh, clever use of rating. And then, um, uh, real quick, double back to my strengths. Um, while I haven't done everything in the game, I interface with lots of people who have, and I think I actually learn more indirectly from them because I get it. Uh, you, you know, secondhand knowledge, you know, why are you not enjoying this or why do you like being a Lodgy? Why do you like being AV? So on. And uh, Del? 
Well, from my experience in the past, it worked for Turbine. Uh, they're uh, another company as a uh, tester. I did alpha and beta testing for them. So I have a uh, previous experience working with a company, a gaming company. Uh, I was a uh, indie developer at one point as well. And uh, my weaknesses, weaknesses. Uh, well, I can be an asshole sometimes. I guess that's a weakness. <laughs> That's no problem. You've just described 75% of the Dust community. Uh, Lether, what are your strengths and weaknesses? What do you bring to the table for this CPM? As far as strengths, um, that same experience that I, I spoke to before, I was an organizer back on MAG. Um, I was a PC coordinator for Rise of Legion back when PC dropped here on Dust and continued to, to be a director and organizer in, in corporations, trying to bring especially newer players into the game that that's my experience based in dust and i've seen about all the shit there is to see both in terms of pc glitches and the the sticking points that that keep people from sticking around on the game uh in, in terms of uh real life stuff i'm i'm a math guy i'm a data analyst and i'm hopeful that that's a, a useful skill to have as far as uh is concerned on the weaknesses front um on the business front, I am 110% a bitter vet. Um, I've been around for about as long as anybody that I've ever spoken to except Nova Knife, and he doesn't even play anymore. Um, and my in, my raw enthusiasm for being a cheerleader for the game has, has kind of uh, soured over the years. I'm not going to, to spin things more optimistically than they are. On the other hand, I have a really long history of advocacy uh, for issues such as, say, tier aside team deploy, uh, and more recently, spawning mechanics. Just a selection of stuff that I've been advocate for, both in-game, on the forums, and uh, didn't need a, a CPMC to do that. All right, Ripley, we'll start with you uh, this go-around. What are your thoughts on a port? Uh, what would you like to see Dust? go to, whether that be PS4, PC, or God knows where else it could possibly go. Okay, well, uh, going to be honest, I know this isn't the popular opinion, but um, I really feel that Dust's long-term longevity would best be served on PC first. Um, <clears throat> porting to PC has many advantages, but I think one of the chief most advantages would be there's nothing between CCP and us, the community. Um, it's just them and the game. They can roll out patches at their leisure. Uh, there's no third party, no Sony to deal with. Even though I know that CCP has a great relationship with uh, Sony right now. I mean, look at Valkyrie. That's all well and good. Um, after a successful PC port, um, I would happily welcome um, the PlayStation 4 crowd and, um, you know, get them as part of the community. That being said, uh, we just need a port, guys. Like, seriously, we need to get the game off the PS3 before it, you know, tragically dies. All right, Dell, what are your thoughts on a port? Me? Uh, I'm a big fan of the PC, personally. Uh, I, un I understand that the community probably wants the PS4. I wouldn't be opposed to the PS4, but uh, personally, PC. Has, uh, you can update it when the game gets uh, bigger and whatnot. It's, it's just an easier... Uh, an easier platform to uh, keep going with after a while. Lisa? 
Well, I'm on the PS4 front. Um, I bought my PS3 originally for Mag, and I've had one for Dust. All the people that I usually play with, and most of the people that I, I seem to interact with, are, are here on the PS3, and, and they can't move. Like, you know, they're not going to go haul, haul out a bunch of money and try to convince their spouse and family that they need a, a PC to connect the, the living room TV. It just doesn't work like that. So yeah, I'd like it on the PlayStation 4. I think FanFest 2013 showed us pretty much how viciously uh, people respond to the idea of being abandoned by CCP after supporting them on Dust on PlayStation for so many years. And MR. Though I do, would like it to still be able to go to the PS4, I do agree with Ripley and uh, Delt that the best option would probably be PC because that would not only allow CCP to do more, whether it be graphically or with game mechanics itself or so forth, because they've been working with PC with E for how long, but it'd be easier to have a larger community on there as well and get more support for the game compared to if you have it on a, as a PlayStation exclusive. I would still like to see it on PS4 and have that included, because, I mean, we were able to connect uh, the uh, PlayStation ser- uh, PS3 servers now with Dust to the uh, EVE PC servers, so... I could easily see that it could be on both PC and PC or PS4 in the future with uh, both Dust communities interacting with each other. Could I add just one point to uh, the PC platform? Go for it. If if it's go for uh, PC, the uh, CCP, that's the biggest issue I think they had with the ISD. So we might have a chance at the ISD, a better one, if we go PC as well. All right, that has been noted. So. Uh, we are on the final question, and, uh, and Leisure, we'll start with you. Sell me on voting for you. Sell the community uh, on, on your platform. Why should you be in the number one spot on the ballot this year? Well, I, I mentioned the answer to a previous question. I have a, a really long history of advocacy on long-term issues with us. I... You can go and look up my my forum history, um, and and I'm available on other platforms. But uh, I've sat advocating for things like Tiracide for years. I've sat advocating for things like Team Deploy for years. I've sat advocating for things like map design changes, which are crucial to to trying to even out some of these redline situations and spawning mechanic changes. These are, again, just a sample of the things that I've advocated for um, to try to help focus on long-term issues in the community. And and that history of advocacy, combined with the history of, of being involved with the guts of the game, you know, from PC to, to just playing solo, that, that I think, um, if you're going to vote for me, vote for me because of that. Um, all right, uh, Delt. Why should we vote for you uh, this this term? Being for the game, uh, of course. And if you're going to know how work, yeah, we we can't interact with devs. I mean, I have the experience. Like start over from here now that you're get you're coming through clear. Sorry, I'm saying try again because nothing you were saying was coming through audibly. Is that okay? No, yeah, it's good now. 
He might need to restart his mic. Unplug it, restart it. It's just connection. Okay, um, Dell will give you a minute to uh, do what you need to do uh, from there. Uh, so we will we'll connect you and we'll pass to her. So, MR, go ahead. Why should we vote for you this year? Well, like I said in the past questions, I've had experience with dust and community for a long time with my corporation, my alliance, all the roles and all that aspect into everything I've been with. I've done PC, I've done court battles, I've done all the different events, all that kind of stuff. I've just been all over. And I've also, like I said, been the charitable person. I've always tried to be there for others, let it be just an ear or there to help them out disc-wise or help them find, oh, this will work for you, this will be your role, all that. I've also, I also, like I said, able to be available for questions or whatever, or help, or for or just for help for anyone via email and all that stuff. Not only that, but the main things I really want to push in this game now is like is uh, long-term changes that would benefit the game, like long-term problems, because those are going to affect us down the road more than anything else. And I also would like to continue the communication that link that CPM serves between the community and uh, CCP and improve it if possible. And then just kind of just make the game more enjoyable for both old and new players. All right, Delt, are you back yet? Test, test, better. Hey, there we go. All right, so sell us on you. All right, uh, I'm a dedicated player to the game, but that's not why you should vote for me. You should vote for me if you really want uh, impartial, almost unhumanly unbiased voice for the game. I've worked as a developer. I've one indie dev. I've worked with developers with the company, not CCP, but Turbine. And I know the ins and outs of working with developers and that sort of stuff. Awesome, man. And we will end with Ripley. Did Lether get to go? Am I that unmemorable? <laughs> Guess I know who's not voting for me. Did we really miss Lether? We did. Poor Lether. God damn it. Okay. Uh, Ripley, we, go ahead we, and we'll come back to Ripley. We okay. did do me at the yeah, beginning. Yeah, we did. Don't, okay. don't, don't fucking mess with me like this, man. Uh, <laughs> I was just trying because Ripley, Ripley didn't remember. <laughs> okay. Ripley, All right. go ahead, man. So you should vote for me because I am going to be approachable, accessible, and I want to be the person that the community can reach out to, joke with, talk to CCP, interact with CCP constantly. Um, like Delt said, try to be impartial, though. Um, I believe that my ability to kind of manage expectations with CCP and the community will um, allow us to kind of understand each other better um, and know what CCP can produce for us in Dust's current state, because I know we all want to port, but we have to work with what we have right now in Shanghai. So. Awesome. And that concludes our CPM um Roundtable. I was throwing uh, baton back over to Kokizel. Yeah, that's fine. We, we've now coalesced into one being, apparently. That's disturbing. That's so it's like gross. an Archon in StarCraft. It's like uh, the the Voyager episode where where um, I, I, Tuvok and Neelix get like transporter cloned into like one hybrid person or something. Kokizel. No, that's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, guys, uh, good interviews. It's, it's good to listen to uh, everyone's answers and whatnot. So hopefully we, if anyone's listening and you haven't had a chance to interview yet, hit us up. You've got one week. Like next week is the last shot before voting opens. So 
yeah, you need to get in here if you want to say your bit. Other than that, the only other topic I had left for today um, was to, and Kane will probably curse me for, for doing it without him here, but I'd like to have the people who were involved in the new PC rebuild, the 2.0, to kind of talk about what's going on with it. Um, I personally haven't gotten a chance to really uh, get into it yet. I'd like to, but just it hasn't lined up quite yet. So I know Leather's in here you want to talk about, and I'm sure everyone else has some, some mild experience. So Leather, do you want to lead us off and tell us what's going on with PC 2.0? Are things... Uh, Working as intended. I know you were involved with the uh, the focus group for that. So, what's going on, buddy? Sure, uh, I'd be glad to to open up with a few interesting uh, highlights. And uh, unfortunately, haven't had uh, as much of a chance this this past what week and a half to to get my hands on it. Just uh, a little bit of summer distraction, but the the numbers, of course, we didn't have until this week. Um, and one of the biggest kind of standout things, of course, I don't know that we were expecting a to to have free clone, uh, not clone, but uh, command point only clone packs, which is an interesting addition. We've seen a little bit of feedback on that. Jadik, of course, Jadik Menaheim has been running uh, quote unquote raiding battles where uh, he just attacks people. Well, he doesn't, but. They just attack people whenever they get 25k and try to make some money using keep what you kill, which is interesting gameplay in a way. Um, and then the other thing, there, there's a sidelight there about no-shows, but the thing I want to talk about first is they made the cost for selling clones the same as the cost for moving clones in terms of uh, of command points. And that is a really interesting decision that I think merits some discussion. It's not what I would have recommended because it very much encourages what we were fearful of on previous episodes of the show, that the current landowners, despite not being able to sell clones on every single one of their districts, they're still very much motivated to have a defensive stance, not to attack. If they attack, then they're using command points that they could have used to sell and make esque for their their corporation exactly the same amounts as if they had uh, sold so there's a big built-in incentive to my eye to to be defensive and that's really one of the things that we didn't want out of this system so if anyone has some some comments on that or has seen anything associated with it well the people who don't own districts are motivated to attack right I, there's a lack of, uh, well, I wouldn't say lack. It, that has been the good news. The good news has been that it's much more accessible to people who don't own districts at all. There, There's actually a pretty big, I'd say, probably a disincentive to owning any districts if you can't own, like, seven um, in the current climate because the ISK cost goes up to, I think, 10 million, right? So... So that's that's the good. It's just that if you own districts, it, it very much kind of makes you want to just sell and let people attack you. Because why not? So is what you're saying is there's really not enough chaos in the system currently to, to make it interesting? It um so the thing is the, the previous passive ISK um reward structure very much encouraged defensive play. Um it was more emphatic because you you had auto-selling of the overflow clones, and to get past the technical part, that means that if you had a district 
it had a full bucket of clones. It produces any clones. Uh, those extra clones would be sold by the system so that you never made your district vulnerable by selling off part of your defense pool. Okay, so they took that away, but but that was extremely stilted towards encouraging defense. And because of that, we saw, like, eventually the DNS blue donut. Uh, of course, even Eon, um, back when PC was a little bit more popping, had an incentive to take a lot of very strong teams, stick them under the same roof, and and keep them from attacking each other. I mean, obviously, that's that's a good strategy, but it it, it was so effective because they were disincentivized from attacking even each other. Um, and that kind of disincentive exists in this system as well. Well, I don't know if I'm speaking directly to what you're saying there, but I can just say from a personal standpoint, I feel like I'm getting a healthy amount of PC. Most of the battles are like friendly battles rather than all at war. So I just, just from my standpoint, I'm getting a pretty good amount of PC. It's good feedback, and we definitely need time to tell exactly how things will shake out. One of the things that I have seen in a forum thread and have heard around is that there are people who are dropping these 25k clone packs um, <laughs> who are dropping these 25k clone packs and then <sighs> intentionally are not forgetting that they have an attack in you know 37 hours or whatever it usually ends up being and they just don't show up uh, we talked about I, I've kind of been banging the drum on, on no shows uh, and trying to find some kind of criterion for saying, if you don't turn up with this many people, then you just automatically lose. That's one piece of the puzzle. But one of the things that we were talking about the other day was, does there need to be some kind of nominal amount that it costs in addition to the 25k command points to, to drop a, a clone pack if you don't have a district? It doesn't have to be much. It can be like 1 million. But it seems kind of like bad gameplay to me if people are queuing up battles and then not showing up. Could they add a command point penalty for not showing up? I don't know. That's the only thing I can think of. Uh, they can, but it's... I think what I've heard about it... Uh, you do sound uh, good. Um, sorry, guys. We're responding to something in the, the chat there. Um, I think they, they could. They have a, a variety of options. I, I think the the crux of the issue is... There's no proactive disincentive for throwing battles that you don't intend to fulfill. Even if you added in an auto-lose condition, then people can still not turn up when their battle turns up, and it just, okay, they lost. And what, the exchange of ISK or anything else was, was zero. So I think that if we're thinking of penalties, they either have to be something like an, a nominal ISK cost that basically just says, hey, don't don't just throw these without thinking about it, you know. Don't make it so expensive that it's completely impossible to play like it used to be. Um, or else it has to be something else in that vein that will just make people say, okay, I'm not going to launch an attack that I don't intend to turn up to. Well, to me, that almost sounds like you would potentially want something like a counterattack um, condition, where if you attack and lose or no show then the enemy has some means of you know firing something back at you and so you're disinclined from necessarily not showing up because they're going to just you know take your shit and i'm not really sure how that would work necessarily if you don't have a district or or what but 
it almost seems like you want to encourage people to actually be there rather than, you know, because they could actually lose something if they aren't there to actually defend their stuff because there's a, a inherent risk involved with attacking. And that might come down to a difference between, you know, a raid versus like an actual battle that's intended to flip. Like, you know, a, a raid might be something that you can't be counterattacked on, but an actual flip is something you can be. And there's different, uh, you know, conditions for that depending on how you go into it. There's definitely... Uh, go ahead, Bait, if you... Thank you. Um, so, you were talking uh, just there, Pogi, about uh, about the uh, a potential counterattack. Could that counterattack be um, a raid? So, if Corp A uh, is being attacked by B, but let's say Corp B doesn't show up, Corp A then has the option to, to raid or, or counterattack uh, either Corp B's district or... If they don't own their district, uh, their wallet, I guess, I, I don't know. Dude, could could that work if we fleshed out raid mechanics a bit more? Well, I mean, there's one thing on the roadmap that I, I think it's still there. I think it was called uh, War Barge Raiding. I'm not entirely sure what that means. Um, but, I mean, you could surmise that the, these attacks are being launched from somewhere. You know, I assume a ship in space in, in that regard. And so you could have a, a sort of system where you're, you're counterattacking on the ship that's actually launching the attack. So even if you aren't launching from a district, you still have a, a base, so to speak, that you want to defend uh, from you know something like that from happening. It's, a, it's an interesting question. I think here's my issue kind of settled in amongst all of the the no-showing rhetoric is at the end of the day we want people we we wanted to to dial back the barriers to entry in terms of cost because it was costing way too much to even try to get a pc battle together i feel like the pendulum has swung just a shade and this happens the other way and now it's so easy to to drop an attack um it's too easy and there's, we want as much activity as possible as long as it's fun activity, right? In terms of like raiding and counterattacking, it's interesting, but at the end of the day, if I'm like a corp and I'm just trying, thinking about breaking into PC or don't even know what I'm doing for heaven's sake and, and just press like the attack button and then someone counterattacks me and then I know show up to that one and even if there's a disincentive I might not even understand what's going on you know I feel like I feel like the that could definitely be a component especially with landowning corpse there's a there's a lot of stuff to be fleshed out in that area but from this for these like uh, no ownership uh, clone pack costs I I think that isk would work I've seen numbers between one and five million. Um, something where you you're gonna notice when you push the button that you just lost money, and it's not it's not like you it's so much that you can't make it in a, a day from taxes or something in a realistic corp. It's just even even right now there's actually an interesting angle for mass attacking with all corps, and we talked about this. Um, in days gone by, uh, because of the the zero cost, there's. It, I think I talked about it on previous episodes. There, you can bank up to four attacks in an alt corp, and while it sounds like a lot of work, if you were planning it and wanted to do it, you could. 
And you could drop a lot of empty attacks um, in the current climate. Which again isn't good gameplay. Matches that aren't fought aren't good gameplay. That's something I really like. Sometimes the the kind of sentiment doesn't seem that way, but I kind of feel that way. I would also just like to jump in and, and just sort of um advise people to maybe temper their excitement over what we're currently calling raids because it won't be long before a lot of these um, district holders are going to kind of understand the ploy that's taking place. Um, I mean, I've already seen it as someone who's tried some of these raids. Um, If they notice that you're going in with puppies, if they notice that you're going in with just a handful of guys, you know, regardless of which of those strategies you employ, um, they're pretty quick to realize that you're trying to go in there and steal isk from them, that you're trying to get them, draw them into a fight in their best gear. And they're going to, um, change gears accordingly. I mean, in, in one of the battles I had the other day, um, it seemed like everybody on the, on the other side went into their, uh, apex suits because they quickly realized what was happening. So I think the potential for coming away with, uh, a nice profit on these battles other than the DK is going to, is going to certainly diminish over time as these corpse um, clearly recognize what's going on. And I, I think they're already starting to. Right. It was never intentive of the system to, to make it profitable to go in and at the end of the day to go in and lose um, it. The keep what you kill was a great idea to try to mitigate the losses that people have tended to take when fighting their best in in PC, which usually forces good gear out of other teams. But it's um, nice that there the opportunity exists for for people to potentially get some profit out of um, you know fighting with more more creative use of, of the gear they have, and not not just being a power struggle to who can you know put out the most officer weapons and the most proto suits, but to but to actually make it a conscious choice what tier of suit should i use for this fight to maximize my isk which is really what should always have been the win loss criteria in most people's minds for this game is it should have been was this profitable i mean this is corporations and mercenaries and it always should have been you know maybe i died 10 times more but i made a lot more money than the other guy and that's definitely creative is the operative word right the the rating that we're getting right now jdex is interesting but in terms of trying to be effective with lower tier gear no, nobody is i've very few people have i seen go in and try to threaten a loss and i think that opportunity is there especially with tier aside that was one well, of the important I mean, elements you know what if you, what if you use this what if you were to use a strategy and this is this is me spitball i am played pc in, in like a year and a half um what if you were to go in as one of those corps that was known for you know just going in with low t- tier gear and and you start that out that way and so then your your better force that you're fighting you know also goes for apex suits and then you break out the proto suits and try and you know mix things up that could that could potentially be a way to throw people off i don't know the the it's an interesting people have thought about it um the problem is the defender's advantage i've harped on in the past like since you have to go in and prove that you're an apex suit most most people will start out in proto. Nobody is is that stingy, and then they'll go take over the map, and they'll have a supply depot, and they'll go switch back out to their Apex suits. Um, and at that point, if you try to switch to proto, you might get 
an objective or two, but you're going to have to kill people because they're going to be redlining you uh, and they're going to notice. It's not impossible, but um, I, I do think there is a there is a window where you could take a team of adva- people in advanced gear who wanted to give it a, a good show and were fit pretty well. And you could do that, especially with the tier side. I'd, I'd love to try it out myself sometime and, and threaten a loss, right? But if you're not threatening a loss, especially when skirmish is like very important in the first 30 seconds of the battle, it's, it's going to be difficult to, to come away with much profit. I have to agree with Zelda. I do like that it kind of encourages a uh, <laughs> sense of only use um, exactly what you need to actually get the job done rather than just go proto or go home, which is kind of what we saw in the past. It's nice to see people uh, tailoring their gear specifically to match the enemy's gear and, and ramping it up just enough to actually secure the win rather than you know potentially feeding the, the, the attacker's wallet with you know gear that's overkill. So I'm actually really glad to see that. I wish that behavior was more prevalent in, in more aspects of the game as well. Yeah, I, I would definitely like to see um, more intelligent use of gear in, in pubs and such, that it, it would be less cost-effective, a lot less cost-effective to run all proto than it is. Well, also, if you had to keep what you kill mechanic in pubs even, um, that would certainly encourage people to be more aggressive and get people out of the red line and, and to fight even in matches where they, you know, they think they might lose because it could still be incredibly profitable for them to do so. Uh, there's, I mean, they have that a little bit. I mean, doesn't your ISK payout go up a little bit if the other side loses a few proto suits? I mean, not it's obviously it's not as much as in PC, but I think that's it's in the ISK calculation a, somewhere. It is. It it so it, there are breakpoints. It's kind of like it's unfortunately kind of like income tax here in the states, um, as far as I understand it. Um, all the ISK that's destroyed, all the stuff that's destroyed, goes into the pool, it, and the amounts are 120% up to some threshold of the ISK value of stuff that's destroyed. And once you hit that threshold, it goes to like 100, I think. And then after you hit a, another threshold, it goes to 80% of the ISK value of the stuff destroyed. Once the battle's over, it splits the pot. The winners get more, the losers get less, and then it distributes by where you are on the leaderboard. As long as they haven't changed it since closed beta. <laughs> since they haven't told us about it for a while. My best uh, payout game was uh, one where I got 1.4 million, and that came that sort of came out of nowhere. That was definitely the best payout I got in a pub match since that day a long time ago that was really glitchy. Yeah, of course. I mean, that match definitely, there there wasn't you know, a whole lot of proto suits on the other team, and you had a whole bunch of war points. I mean, it definitely both are very, you know, they're factors. Yeah, you said... Um, you said they thought they had you. They they had some. Uh, they lost at least a couple officer suits. We know that. Yep, that is one. Yeah, I still think the war points is the biggest determiner of your payout at this point. I mean, I I had a payout that was over a million the other day, probably about a week ago, and it came in a match where I had like sixty six hundred war points. So um, I don't know how much actually killing and destroying things contributes compared to the war points, but I do feel like the high war point games are the ones where you're going to see your payout be considerably more. I don't know if it, it splits the winner and loser's pot on a proportional basis based on how much of the war points in total you have for your team or if it's just on the leaderboard basis. Um, 
or it could none of this. Uh, like I said, the last time anybody updated us on these mechanics was was back in closed beta. There was a dev blog about it, and they talked a little bit about it. So, Lether, I know that when this rollout of PC 2.0 came out, it wasn't really intended to be an end-all final iteration. I mean, it was obviously kind of a, let's fix the glaring issues and get a, a decent foundation set up for you know future expansions. Uh, within the PC community, what sort of things are people discussing about what they would like to have happen next in terms of PC and, and what features and additions and, and just potentially changes they'd like to see? I uh, I can't really speak to the entire thread given the, the short amount of time. I, I do know I've seen some people talking about the no-shows. Um, it... <laughs> It's kind of hard to say on a on a high level what might be a consensus for another iteration on this. Um, I know rating is uh, extremely popular, of course, to discuss um, rather than just these these free clone packs. Trying to decide on a mechanic that will um, allow you to launch an attack that will occur in a shorter turnaround time instead of taking up to basically forty eight hours, um, something that might turn around in 12 or less, right? And 12 is probably being liberal with what people have been discussing. But with a lower impact on on the sovereignty of uh, of districts, maybe none, or, or maybe small, uh, small negative effects for the landowner if they lose. Um, that's still very much an interesting point of discussion if anybody wants to go to the forums and talk about rating and what they might envisage for rating. Um, it's a very hard line to walk, I think, with that. I've mentioned this in the past. You you have to decrease the the negative effects for the landowners because it's a smaller turnaround time, but you can't decrease them too much because then the landowners won't show up. I think another thing that a lot of people are interested in is the idea of there being some sort of CP cost for using ringers too. Um, it does seem like a lot of uh, the corps that are holding land right now are only active uh, when they want to defend for a PC match or when they have to defend for a PC match, but they're not particularly active otherwise. And as long as they have friends uh, in the game through the alliance or what have you, um, they can just call them in with, with impunity and you know there's no cost to that. So I think that would be uh, certainly a motivating factor to promote um, loyalty within corpse to, to make corpse more active and to get them to try to more often defend their districts with their own personnel. Um, so I know that's something that's being talked about and has been talked about in the past. And then um, another thing that I think is worth considering too is there being some sort of cost related, maybe not directly to defending in a battle, but related to the maintenance of um, the district itself, again, uh, it does seem right now that if you own land, um, you don't have to be very active and you can just defend and, and, and reap the advantages of doing so. Uh, but there's no cost to you um, in terms of maintaining the district, um, keeping it running, and therefore there's no incentive for your corp to be particularly active outside of PC. You can just come to the game when you find out there's a notification that a battle is going to be happening. So, um, I, I, you know, I think that's another thing that uh, should definitely be on the list of things we should consider for the future. 
Yeah, I know one thing that um, has been discussed in the past, and obviously wouldn't really be an option for a PS3 version of the game, but like a some sort of like a, a PVE sort of uh, maintenance that you'd actually have to go in and, and scrub your districts of enemies to to keep your production up and actually be forced to you know interact actively with the district rather than just defending it, you know, when you get attacked and any sort of you know gameplay that requires active participation from the players is a good thing. I think the the addition of the CP system was was a very good foundation. Obviously needs some tweaking as we've discussed, but I, I think it's good that you know, you're rewarded for being active rather than just being, you know, very good at holding land. Because, I mean, you don't want to have just 16 people holding, you know, massive pieces of land like we had in the past. And I think this certainly, you know, removing the is cost, at least largely from the equation, has helped a lot in that regard. It actually allows larger corps that can produce CP quickly. Um, it gives them some options they can actually play with. So I think that's that's a real good thing. So... Yeah, I mean, like Lather said, we're kind of at a state where it's it's still pretty new. I was just kind of personally interested in kind of the state of affairs uh, and how things were, were playing out. We'll probably touch on this topic again in the future um, once things are a little more concrete and things die down and we, we see how the meta kind of evolves and, and, and changes over time. Is there anything else that pe- uh, people want to talk about for PC specifically before we move on? Um, I'll, I'll throw in something in case Frame or, or Rat happen to have a listen at some point. Um People have been talking about lag again, and this is a, a old issue with the game in general and PC in particular. It, we've never really, I don't think that the devs have really understood what causes the severe lag that happens in Planetary Conquest. I think it got dialed down a bit with the uh, the bandwidth and, and uh, sp- uh, equipment spamming changes uh, were certainly related they removed the Galente research facility, but there is something that is distinctively worse than pub matches about PCs, and there has been for years. So, just oh, kind of yeah. a note. Some, yeah. um, I just want to personally say um, I love the Cargo Hub, and I've had great fun playing on it, but I would like some incentive to get PC more frequently onto other maps. That's another good iteration point. Um, you know, that's been I, uh, something Zatara has hung on as a as a primary desire for a very long time. I just want to throw that in there that that has been brought up internally with uh, CCP many times. The lag or the cargo hug, both would be pretty just, valid, just actually. Different maps and and different uh, uh, to change out some of the the map choices that uh, PC currently has. Yeah, it definitely got missed in the last pass. That wouldn't be a bad if they have time to iterate. You see, the timetable is going to be very interesting on this, because will they really return to this before, if they're making a porting decision, they've made it? Probably not. But if they happen to be sneaking it in, that would definitely be something they could iterate on uh, and change the bonuses a little bit, uh, probably without too much strife, and, and hopefully shake up the the meta a little bit as far as, as the cargo hub is concerned. Just just out of curiosity, do there really need to be bonuses on specific types of districts? I mean, do there really need to be? It's an interesting question. Um, they they lessened the attrition rates a long time ago, and at the end of the day, um, it's something that both associated with it. It's a kind of ownership and strategic thing on a meta level that I, I personally thought was a cool addition to PC. 
if they're going to be there, they definitely need to really look into it. And I even have a thread on this that where I explored, like the the cargo hub. It's not only a military advantage to have the extra 150 clones, uh, so that you can lose an extra time. Um, it's also more clone stockpile, so that you can send more to nearby districts. It's also, um, you know, a bigger stockpile to which you can send clones, from which you can sell clones. The, they're interlocking advantages that that cargo hub, hub bonus has in particular that are military, logistical, um, even e- economic. So. Do you think it'd be an accept stopgap as a temporary measure to just simply disable the bonuses and then randomize the, the infrastructure so it can be approached at a later time when they do have time to work on it, just to kind of mix things up in the in the meantime? I would love that. I would absolutely adore that. Because I mean, like, like Luther said, you, you basically have one that's going to be the biggest, most useful one, and people are going to naturally flood to that. I, I would love to see actual bonuses. I, I think it's a very, like Luther said, it's a very cool kind of meta game. It, it's got strategic value, but it adds depth to the actual, you know, overall PC war zone. But you know, obviously things are in the move. It's we can tend all day about it. But if they don't have time to to give it a proper fix, it might be worth just trying to do something quick that can actually make it a little more interesting because like yeah i mean the cargo hub's fun and all but after the umpteenth time of playing on it it gets a little old and i think people would probably appreciate a bit of a, a change in that regard might not be a bad idea the other ones are more tame and always have been if <laughs> heaven forbid like if we got a, a group of people or even a forum thread started on a reasonable bonus that looks a lot like the other ones that could also be passable right one of the two yeah. options yeah probably wouldn't be a bad idea if we can't come up with something than just ripping it ripping them all out um as much as it hurts you know i advocated for ripping the pacifist out when it wasn't working so this is not that much different i mean there's some maps that have never been in pc right uh do you mean sockets yeah well well it's like line harvest definitely do you mean socket Do you, do you mean infrastructure? Do you mean large sockets, or do you mean maps? Sorry, I, I, get, I get those terms confused. Um, um, I mean, I guess I mean sockets. Okay, so you mean like the buildings, the really yeah. big buildings. Um, I feel like the answer is no, because of the way they rotated the communications outpost in and out for the Galente facility. They've rotated the Skyfire battery for the cargo hub. Um, a couple times. So I think that all of the large sockets that are large sockets have made uh, made an appearance. Now the maps, it's true that the, many of the maps aren't available, but the ones that aren't in PC are ones that can't host large sockets, A, and B, most of them are kind of even grossly less balanced than the ones that do run in PC. And I can't, as much as I like variety, I can't advocate for... Uh, for say inserting line harvest or inserting a uh, border gulch because those maps aren't balanced at all. If the uh, new Kaldari socket, I, just off the top of my head, it's never been a PC. It's fairly new, but it's you know it's one. Isn't that the production facility? No, no. Well, you know the the newer one that kind of has that bridge type road going through it. Um, I don't know. It's it's one of the newer map. It's newer socket oh, rather. I I think that that's either border gulch or. I'd have to look at the names again. <laughs> no, wait, I, I, I'm talking socket. I'm not talking map at this let point. Let me let me look. Carry on. I'll go check the forms. Yeah, I'm trying to think what I'm which one. About, right? uh, that, I'm not entirely sure, honestly. 
talking about the one with the. Uh, it's, it's got like it's the multiple like, levels, and you can you can sit in the rafters. There's there's yeah. all the rafters on the ceiling. Yeah, with the, the the big fucking spire that goes up through the middle of it, right? Yeah, now. that's and the center facility. facility. No. no. Yeah, no, no, Alpha's, okay. Alpha's, Alpha's pretty sure. Let's play with the NCC map that took out. No. Okay. Well, maybe no. The production okay. facility. I'm okay. No, I'm not talking um, about the map with the big mushroom or the other one with the big mushroom. No, that's the biomass. That's something else. I'm looking at frames list right now. And it looks like the answer to the overall question is no. Um, it looks like all of them have rotated through at some point. I, I think the one you're you're thinking of is the uh, is the production facility map. Um, it's it, it's the one that has a lot of uh, ramps, for lack of a better like an egregious amount here, of ramps. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go get one of my videos. Give me a second. I'll link it. Well, I'll here, let me map I'm talking about. Let me also link this forum thread. Okay, well, you guys, a... you guys can't link things in voice. We're trying to create I mean, an entertaining then... show well, here. Okay, all right, this isn't all right. just like... No. A, 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 I'm trying, I'm a, trying a, to go this, fast so we can talk about it. This isn't the Skype channel here. Come on. I, I, was, I was linking it and was hopeful that we'd access the resources and that we could talk about it. Um, for those viewers who okay, are interested that... in viewing this, this is uh, a forum thread. It's under map feedback on the forums, and it... It is uh, specifically the sticky thread in the outposts subforum. Um, okay, that was a way longer answer than I was expecting. But uh, let me just say, like, as as a slightly newer PC player, as someone who hasn't been here since beta, I've played pretty much the majority of my matches on the rings map. And if it wasn't the rings map, it was the production facility. Yeah, that that makes sense. So, I, as someone in my situation, I would really like to see just about anything else in PC. Yeah. Okay. You you like it's it's yeah the Kaldari production facility, but that one's never you know that's not actually the production facility that are on districts. I don't you know that one that one's fairly new. That one hasn't been in PC. Is what I'm saying. I think they rotated yeah, it in. Confusing usage of names. I think I think looking at this thread, it's called uh, basically the map I've always played on is Spine Crescent or Skirm Junction. That's been it. Well. It that's so a map, for, not a socket. Right. Sorry, so in terms of the maps, map socket, I, I get those mixed up. Yeah. Okay, in terms yeah. of the maps, there are only three that are in the pool, but they're the only three that are anything like balanced, even though they're not quite balanced. Yeah. So if you mean the, the map with the bridge, I know what you're talking about. That one's yeah, very common. Anyways, um, with that aside, let's move on from PC and start kind of wrapping this up. Were there any other topics you guys wanted to hit on real quick before we move into shoutouts? Um, when was the last time you guys tried the uh, assault scramble rifle? Earlier today, and I felt dirty. When I can go eighteen and one, you know there's something terribly wrong because I can't aim worse shit. About five minutes ago. Ambush is bad. Domination is bad. That wasn't game, the question. So game is bad. What? <laughs> he was asking when you used the, the assault scrambler rifle last. I also felt dirty using it. I just I just saved up points for the um, uh, Amar Apex um, Lodgy, and it, it comes with the blueprint of that rifle on it, and it, it felt pretty powerful. So I was completely untrained in it, and it was it, and it was like a blueprint standard, and it was just it was doing work. It was ridiculous. Yeah, I, I've See, complained I about this that. for a while because I mean I've I've looked at the if you look at the range DPS curve of all the the rifles, the assault scrambler is way out of the line. It's not even close, and I I complained about that for a while, and then I tried it earlier today again, um, militia assault uh, scrambler rifle with a Templar you know BPO assault suit, no skills into it. There's no heat reduction. I got like one point into the gun itself, in 
again, I went 18 and one, and that's better than I do with my favorite weapons in the game. Like it was just ridiculous how fast I was melting everything in sight. It wasn't even the heat build. I think I overheated once. That's because I was screwing around. So I mean, it's it's there's something terribly wrong about that gun. See, I haven't had that. Uh, I haven't had that uh, same experience with it. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just uh, me, but when I start lighting in, shields are gone instantly, and then as soon as it hits the armor, I can unload ninety percent of the uh, magazine before doing maybe ten damage. I think there's something wrong with your client or something. Cause, I mean, I was cutting, you know, armor suits apart pretty well, and then yeah. shield and suits forget. It was just ridiculous. I proficiency five into the scramble rifle, so yeah, I also have uh, proficiency 5, and once I finally hit someone's armor, the DPS visibly drops. It's definitely lower, um, but Pokey's not ra- wrong about the uh, the outlying DPS curve, especially over range. Uh, the Scrambler has the second longest profile uh, of any of the rifles, and I believe it has the longest effective uh, range band. So... It's no, I, I'm telling you, I think they messed up somewhere in the proficiency that it, it really screws it up. Because, I mean, anyone I talk to with a lot of proficiency into it can't do damage to armor. Somebody was uh, telling me that the reason that particular rifle is a bit overpowered right now was because it wasn't, there, was, there weren't a whole lot of registered kills in PC for it, which is why it got a massive buff. So... If it takes the player base a long time to catch on that a particular rifle uh, has become overpowered and start using it at PC, it might stay overpowered for a long time, is my theory. The real rifle's probably better for PC, though, still. I mean, I'm kind of interested, though, so I might reprimand me on that. Um, yeah, I, I would be very interested to test that dealt. Um, I anecdotally can't say whether or not that that's the case, but we could roll up some some clean alts. That would certainly be a, a bit of a blow. Um, yeah, because I mean, like, like I said, I had very, very little skill investment in it, and it was ridiculous how well it was performing. I mean, it, it was... It, it, maybe there is an issue with the proficiency skill. I don't know. I don't have the proficiency skill uh, trained on that. I, I don't typically use scramble weapons, but I, I gave it a shot because I was bitching about it, and I felt kind of bad not actually trying it myself to see if it was performing as well against me as I felt it was, and it, it, it did perform as well when I was actually using it. And I mean, that's obviously anecdotal, but I mean, in terms of mathematics, it does similar damage to armor as like an assault rifle, but even more to shields, which also kind of rubs me the wrong way, because it's just, it's not even, at least in terms of numbers, not even close to being in line with everything else in its class. I think it does more damage to armor than... Let me look at this. Yeah, it does like more damage to armor than the standard assault rifle for Galente. And while the Galente is shield-based as well, it's like... That's after the minus 20%. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the, the, the plasma should be doing more damage because it's got 10% more damage against armor than the Scrambler does, but it, it actually comes out to being... Very similar, if not less, DPS than the Assault Scrambler. But yeah, as a player... Sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. As a player, I'm basically trying... It's weird, I'm basically trying to gauge what the devs are going to do with it to decide where on my, like... Where where in terms of I'm going to add it to my skill point list, you know? It's like, uh, you know... I would... If you're a 
looking at what weapons to spec into, I would highly recommend. Uh, weapon skills aren't the most expensive. I wouldn't. I think they're due for one more rifle pass, and I would expect that within <laughs> with the time time frames that we look at with dust these days. I'd expect that within the next eight months. <laughs> that sounds awful, but I'm, like I'm fully um, expecting the combat rifle and assault rifle. But it's just that that weapon is so OP right now. Uh, I really, you, I really, I don't think I really need proficiency points in it because you know proficiency on shields is a little more redundant. But yeah, it, it looks like it's pretty beast. Yeah, I just do it. Uh, weapon skills aren't that expensive, and especially if something looks powerful. I I hate flavor of the month chasing as much as anyone else, but um, just do it with the weapons. It's the it's the suits that are too expensive to do that with. All right then. Anything else, guys? Before we uh, go into shoutouts, um, does anyone think the magsec is underpowered? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Interrupt my magsecs, please. CCP, please. I think it's pretty fair to say that the magsec, um, the ion pistol, and yeah, I think they both need some some work. They're they're just not quite there. <laughs> I've often heard people say, and I will agree that they would be awesome if the SMG didn't exist because they're they're decent but not as good as the other options available. But yeah, I, th- I think I think overall, kind of like you said, there there's uh, perhaps the rifle pass. Just I mean, I mean Retizer said that the AR is underperforming. Um, I don't agree with his opinion on the scrambler, but you know, it's, it's the game's not made for me. Um, but yeah, I, I think that some, some additional balancing is probably in order, but I think currently he seems to be focusing a little more on the suits and the concepts behind them, which I think might actually be more important at this stage right now. I'm sorry, Bate, you were saying something? Uh, not at all. Oh, okay. Other than the SMG is fucking OP right now. It's pretty nasty. It's always been a really solid gun, that, though. That and the bolt pistol, too. That bolt pistol is... Uh, I, I don't like that thing. I don't like getting sniped with a pistol from... Pocket sniper. meters away. That's, that's insane. Is there a gun that can do that? <laughs> like, seriously. I actually haven't experienced much uh, personally in terms of the receiving end of the bolt pistol, but I, I know it's an issue for a lot of people, so that might be worth looking at as well. It's scary, man. Walk up to a heavy with a... HMG runs out of ammo and then pulls out his bolt pistol and BAM! Terminates. Awful. Yeah, that's that's freaking Magnus what it is. I absolutely love the bolt pistol on my heavy because I've already got Go away. like a close range <laughs> weapon that's already taken care of for me. So if I want to, having a little pocket sniper when I've already taken care of my close range combat is pretty fucking sweet. Dude, you're awful. <laughs> yeah. Know, feel free to hate. Everyone's glaring at you right now, going, "You're that heavy with the bulbas. So you're that guy." <laughs> I'm that guy. I'm that dude. Yeah. Oh, you mean now the lab? <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> let's let's wrap this up. We'll move into shoutouts, and we'll we'll probably touch on the PC topic and probably balance maybe next week. Um, once you have a little more information, but uh, we're gonna move on to shoutouts again. So we'll start out from the bottom with Sir Manboy. What's up, brother? Uh, yeah, I'd actually like to give a shout out to Clone Alpha 001. He runs a trade channel um, called Alpha's Supply Depot. And um, I got to say that uh, he kind of got me into trading for the first time. I've purchased several um, 30 day passive boosters from him. He's highly reputable. His escrow services are also top notch. He, uh, facilitated a trade where I purchased, um, an apex suit recently as well. 
Um, so I've got nothing but good things to say about him and his service. And if you're looking for someone you um, you, you need to trust for trading, uh, look no further than Clone Alpha 001. Thanks. Sounds good, man. All right, Silver Strike. I don't really think I have anything. I don't like to uh, do what I did last week because that's what I'm going to do otherwise. So I'll just uh, give it a pass, I suppose. <laughs> All right. Uh, Ripley? Um, shout out to my courtmate, Aztec Warrior Clips Ahoy. He is um, issuing police search warrants in public mashes as we speak. Also, Pahapa ORG. He's my buddy. That's it. All right, sounds good. Uh, uh, so, nope. what about me? Did I need shout out? I'm gonna give, I'm bottom I'm gonna, of the top, buddy. We'll get to you. I'm gonna give my shout out to um, uh, Darth Carbonite, who has still not managed to make it on the podcast. We're gonna work on that. Um, he's uh, he's uh, one of my bros over in Random Guns, and I, I've been playing with him since uh, the Top Men days. Uh, really cool guy. Hopefully, we'll get him on next week or something. We'll see what we can do. Um, but yeah, that's my shout out. Yeah, so I'm hopping in and out of the chat. I'm not sure if he's having connection issues or what, but we'll, we'll definitely get him in here. All right, Lether. Um, first, a, a shout out to the community this week because we're hanging in there. Seems appropriate given elections. Um, a shout out to uh, Hungrybox as well. Um, if you've watched Evo, because he also went to University of Florida and uh, he got second in their melee thing, and people hate him. So. And I mean that in the uh, doctors hate him kind of way. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, Heracles, you're up. Um, I'm going to shout out you, Silver Strike, since you're right here and since you shouted me out on last week's episode and basically gave me the tech support I needed to actually get on Mumble. Um, I'm going to shout out Jadak. Who's, I'm going to shout out everybody who's helped me with the channel. I'm going to shout out Jadak. He uh, designed one of my thumbnails and it's just been overall helpful to the channel. Uh, Primordial Cockroach, who lent me uh, three skins the other week and helped me produce some videos that way. So thanks for trusting me with those. And uh, lastly, I want to shout out uh, Klinsman Alves, who's my most frequent commenter on my YouTube channel and Facebook buddy now. Yay! So thank you, everybody who's helping out the channel that way. Fantastic. All right, Del, you're up. Uh, the show commander Pitch, who was the guy who got me in the game. Thank you. Uh, well, my parents for uh, producing and uh, oh, because I think I played the game a long time ago. All right, man. Yeah, you might want to consider um, hardlining your your connection in next time. You're you're breaking up pretty bad throughout all of this. Yeah, so. All right, all right, man. It's cool. Uh, Bate, you're up. Hey, I'd like to uh, shout out uh, uh, the Reddit sub, uh, the Reddit subreddit, Dank Christian Memes. If just just go there, man. It's fucking hilarious. Uh, thank you, Ripley, for uh, for showing me that. Great. Uh, I'd like to shout out uh, Armand Doreen of the Logistical Combat Corporation uh, for being a fan on the show. Met him in the Black Market Trade Channel. Uh, did some business with the great guy. Thank you for the kubos, man. Um, I'd like to uh, shout out Devilish Killzone. Uh, fucking hate your scamming, but that's beside the point. Had one of the more interesting conversations um, with him that I've had on Dust in a long time. Um, to shout out to uh, Jay at Menaheim and everybody in the Negative Feedback uh, Corporation slash Alliance uh, 
for organizing the raid uh, Saturday night and uh, being on the receiving end of our uh, militia shenanigans. Um, yeah, and then that's everything I've got. Awesome. All right, for me, I've got two shout-outs. Uh, first one's going to be shout-out to Jason Larison. Uh, as, as we said before, he is actually moving his family literally from one corner of the country to the other, so he's going to be out for several weeks here. But uh, shout-out to him. I hope things are going well for you. I know he was complaining about traffic in Atlanta earlier today, but uh, hopefully things go well, and I hope you make it there safely. Uh, second shout-out is going to Foxgate. Isn't he in Tennessee or something now? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure where he is currently, but I know he. We, we need like saying, we need like the equi- we need like the equivalent of like this uh, of like a Santa tracker, just like a Jason <laughs> tracker, so we can like yeah. map him across the United States. It'd be great. <laughs> Maybe we'll make that uh, the uh, the title block for today's episode. We can have a map of, of where he is currently. Uh, but yeah, my, my other shout out goes to uh, Fox Gaiden on the forums. Uh, he wrote a really fantastic um, endorsement uh, thread for me. I really appreciate that, man. It's just great to see uh, that you've been watching what I've been trying to work on in the forums, and I, I really appreciate your support in the uh, the CPM2 election. And hopefully things go well, and I hope it'll let you down. So aside from that, guys, uh, thanks for putting up with my rambling throughout the night. And Jason normally does a far better job than I do, but uh, you know we we got to make things work while he's moving. So thanks for putting up with me, and thanks for showing up for the show. We're we're glad to, to have you on here and to talk about your your candidacy, and uh, you know best of luck in the election. So with that said, we're probably going to call episode 63 to a close. So in the spirit of Jay not being here, uh, good night and good luck. See ya.